Talk Recorded live. Hey everyone, this is Stefan. And uh wow, you know, this is uh we only this is our third to last call. We have two more calls after this one. It's kind of amazing to to think that, you know, how long we've been together already. You know, we've been together um a little over four months and you know, three three weeks left this week and the next two weeks. So we're down to our last three weeks of our program, which has been uh, an amazing, wonderful journey together. And I know for you guys, it's you know, there's been lots of ups and downs, and and you know, challenging feelings, and and joyful feelings, and breakthrough feelings, and all sorts of feelings. Um, and it's it's just been wonderful for me to share all that with you. You know, to share all these group calls and. The Facebook group together and the one-on-one calls with the gold people and and just this whole thing. It's, I just want to say, you know, it sounds like I'm it's almost like the last call or something, but just, you know, anticipating that we, these are our last, this is the third to last call and just looking ahead going, yeah, like it's, it's already been such a wonderful experience for me and hopefully uh, it's been very growthful and healing and empowering for you guys as well. Um, so, uh, there's a number of things I want to talk about, but before I get into the topics for today, uh, I wanted to see, you know, if people had any questions. And so if you have any questions, press star eight, if you're on the phone, or of course, just type four line chat messages, um, you know, if you're listening online. All right, so we have our first question already. Okay, who's this? Hey, Stefan, it's Claudia. Claudia, yay. Thank you on the call. Live and in person. Yeah, fantastic. I know you've been usually yeah. listening to the calls, uh, the recordings later. So, yeah. I know. Wonderful. Well, I don't really have a question. I tend to chime in and check in, just say how this has been really life-changing for me. And... You know, I did an amazing tapping uh, module one session where I just realized, like, how starved for affection I've been and how that's affected my relationships. And, uh, you know, I learned through, like, not having a lot of, like, love and uh, cuddling and physical contact as a child that I just seek it and, like, wherever I can find it. And I'm just, you know, really growing and standing up for myself. And I never came into the program expecting to meet my soulmate through the program. I really came into the program, like, wanting to heal parts of and know who I am and fall in love with myself. And it's slowly happening. Like, there are definitely moments where I'm like, I'm freaking awesome. And <laughs> yeah. I deserve a really good man, and I'm starting to notice when it's not a good man. And that is yeah. the exact best path towards finding your soulmate. Is yeah. What you just described is is a better way to find your soulmate than coming in going, I gotta find my soulmate. So what you described, what you just described, is is the perfect path for finding your soulmate. Yeah, yeah, and and. I'm dating, like I'm dating <laughs> and it's fun and it's like I, I'm standing up for myself when it's not right and I've never done that before 
and I'm open to people I would have never been open to before. And I'm just telling everybody, like, I got to be your friend first. This isn't going to move fast. This is going to take a while. And if you want to get to know me, like, no drinking on the first date. If you want to get to know me, take me for a walk during the day. Like, this is what I want. So I don't know who I am, but I like (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. That's really wonderful. Yeah. Ah. Uh, it's so great to hear, you know, well, I already said about the attitude you came in with, but I just think it's so great that you are, you know, you've been doing some great healing. It's already helped you, you know, stand up for yourself and be clear and notice when things aren't right and to um, be able to say so, which is huge, and to be yeah. really appreciating yourself more and more and going, yeah, actually, I'm pretty awesome. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. And like um and like there's still like struggles and there's still tapping to do and yeah. you know, like there's still all of that. But I wanna just like really acknowledge the good parts too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things I wanted to say, you know, to everybody, everybody and I think I said it last call too, is that you know, it's not like at the end of a five month program we've we've healed everything that needs to be healed or something like that. You know, we're gonna be continuing to grow and heal and stuff for, you know, next few decades, probably. I know I am. Uh, yeah. So, there's, of course, there's always more to do. But there's also the fact that what you've done has already been a lot. Yeah. In this program, you've already done and achieved and accomplished a lot. And it's it's about good enough healing followed by good enough dating. Yes. <laughs> and that's yeah. actually going to be one of the topics. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll save what I'm going to the rest of that for a little bit later when I get to that point in the call. But yeah. that's fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing Thanks. your progress. That's actually yeah, cool. Yeah. Wanna, yeah. Sorry, thank everybody because I just want to thank everybody because if you didn't have the courage to share, I don't know that I would have had the courage to stand. Like it has helped so much to hear everybody talk. Yeah. It really has. That's the wonderful thing and about like, the group program, yeah. Yeah, and I, like, sometimes wonder, like, I'm still, like, even though I'm dating, I'm like, am I going to meet anybody? Like, so I, even though I am having fun and doing stuff, I still have my moments of, like, gosh, none of these guys that I've met have worked out. Is this going to happen? So, but I'm playing with it, you know. I got I got to stay light. Actually, that brings up a point that I hadn't thought of, so I'm really glad you mentioned that. That is one of the things I have found and you can think of this as sort of, you know, lessons in the from the universe kind of thing. So I don't know if, if what people's philosophy are in the group, but my philosophy is that the is that when we have lessons we need to learn, the universe or the law of attraction or however you want to think of it brings you opportunities to keep working on the lesson you need to learn until mm. you've learned it and even demonstrated that you've learned it. And so, in my experience, how it can often go is that let's, let's just pick a specific issue, right? Let's say you have a really hard time with boundaries, right? It's like before, the, before this program, it was like impossible to say no, and you found yourself in all sorts of bad situations because you were going along with things. Well, first of all, you'd attract pushy, controlling kind of people. Of How do you know what was happening to me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So well, I, I picked a common example here. You're probably yeah. uh, probably two-thirds of the group has this one. But anyway, you know, hard to say no, therefore attract pushy kind of dominating people and find yourself going along with things that feel bad and things like that. 
And then you do all this healing work, and you go, okay, good, I, I successfully healed it. And the universe says, well, let me just check. <laughs> Let's just check. So we're going to give you, you know, another guy or two like that, and let's see, let's just confirm, make sure that you're able to stand up for yourself and say no, so not only, so that you're confident in your ability to say no when you need to, and then once you've done that and you feel really solid about it, then the universe is done testing you. It's like, okay, we're satisfied, you know, and and really maybe it's just your subconscious that needs that reassurance, so you still attract them just for a couple more times, like, okay, I just need to make sure I can do it, and then after that, the guys you date aren't these pushy, uh, you know, controlling kind of people anymore. You see how that can work? Yeah, that's exactly what's been happening. So perfect. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And but what you'll notice is it'll stop happening soon. Good. Because you've, once you've proven it to your own internal satisfaction, like, yeah, I have no problem with this anymore. I feel solid and confident in my ability to have boundaries. Then the whole boundary issue will kind of go away because you're done. That's good news. Yeah, yeah. All right, it was so cool. Yay. 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 All so right, I'm going to well, stay on as long as I can, but I might have to pop off. Okay, so we're going to do some cool tapping today, but uh, you can get that from the recording, I guess. Okay. All right, so thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, and actually, that's a great point. If anybody else wants to just share where they're at, so it's not just about answering, you know, having questions to ask, you're welcome to do what uh, Claudia just did, too. Um, Jackie typed in the chat box um, while Claudia was talking. She says, that was my goal coming in, too, to feel better inside, not about finding someone else. So that's cool. That's really, like I said, that's really great. Because as we focus on ourselves and we work through our own healing and we focus on feeling good about ourselves, finding our soulmate becomes a pretty natural outcome. It's not like we have to have the goal. I mean, of course we have the goal. I mean, it's, it's certainly at least a background goal. Like, yeah, I would love to meet my soulmate. But it's not, the, the way to get there is not by focusing on meeting our, meeting our soulmates. I'm focusing on our healing, focusing on feeling good about ourselves, and then ultimately focusing on having a good life that a soulmate then joins in. So it's not all about, you know, I'm unhappy until I find my soulmate and then I'll be happy. It's like, no, I want to be, I'm going to be happy now with myself and with my life and that sets me up perfectly to um, be in this great place when my soulmate appears. So that's the ideal way to go. All right, so we have Ghislaine. Hey there. Hi, can you hear me? I can. Do you have a question or do you want to share where you're at like Claudia did? Or both? Yeah, I, I, I have a question and uh, maybe I can share too. But uh, the question I have is, um, you know, like when you said that uh, eventually, because maybe it's my, I don't know if it's just my resistance because I don't feel ready to do it at all, but, you know, like just to practice and date kind of for fun, um, I'm, um, I, I kind of, I, I feel bad for the person <laughs> that, you know, like dating someone that I know that I will turn down and that it's kind of, I don't know, just using this person this, that's the way i see it and make well, me... i'm not quite sure what you're saying you mean like practice dating yeah um i want to have your take on this yeah uh, you know that's an interesting point like you feel you feel bad like it might feel kind of unethical or something like that that i'm i'm practicing dating 
and I know I'm going to turn this person down, so why should I even put them through it? Um, first of all, you don't know for sure what's going to happen. You know, I described it as practice dating, and I think it is great to practice. At the same time, you never know. You know, this person you're practicing with could actually end up being somebody great. <laughs> you know, so it's not like you're purposely practicing with people you are, you know, turned off by. I mean, when you're practice dating, you should pick people that seem that seem nice. Um, and, you know, they're going to have opportunities to grow as well, whether they're consciously intending that or not. You know, the more we date, the more opportunities we have for self-examination, self-reflection, and just becoming more comfortable. Like, I'll give you an example. I had this guy in my therapy group for a number of years. Um, this actually predated my EFT work. And he wanted help finding a partner. And <clears throat> and I also run speed dating events in my local area. And so at, at one point, he decided he was ready to try speed dating. And he showed up. And he was quite nervous about it. Now, this is a, a guy who's, I think he was 40 at the time or 39. Uh, this sort of good-looking, dark, curly-haired Italian guy. You know, Italian heritage. I mean, he was American, but... You know, he's a good-looking guy, very nice guy. Not the kind of guy that, when you look at him, it seemed like he had trouble with dating, but <clears throat> he did. And he was working on it in the group. <clears throat> he went to the speed dating event, and he was really nervous going there. And by the end of the three-hour event, he felt much better. But he had no matches. So whatever his nervousness was about was enough to prevent him from getting any matches, on the one hand. On the other hand, at the end of this three-hour experience, that was enough for him to feel better, to feel more relaxed, to feel more comfortable, and to feel better. So then he came to another event, and this time he ended up with three matches, which is a nice result. And, you know, he went on dates with the three women, and none of them panned out. But he still felt good about it because he also got a chance to practice um, being, quote, rejected, right? You know, them not being interested, or them maybe him not being interested, whatever it was. And he became more comfortable with that. He wasn't devastated by it not working out. So that was the second level of practice. So the first level of practice for him was just being comfortable connecting. Second level of practice was going on these dates with women where it didn't turn out, but he practiced being okay with that, basically. And then he tried it a third time. Again, he got three matches. Went on dates with all three women, and he's been with one of those three women ever since. And it's been many years now. Last I heard. I mean, last I heard it. At the 10-year mark, they're still together. I don't know what they're, if they are now or not, but obviously that's a pretty good success. So, uh, you know, pr practicing, it's more that I am giving myself permission. When I say, you know, practice dating, it's like I'm giving myself permission to not be attached to the outcome rather than I hope he's the one or I hope she's the one. So we have to kind of be ready to meet this person. If we don't feel that we want to be in a relationship, it's not time to start practicing dating. Well, not necessarily. Uh, again, if if you're willing to view this as a laboratory, like a living laboratory, then you can go on some dates to help get in touch with what's unfinished, what still needs to be healed, in other words. Like, oh, as I go into state, I'm noticing this insecurity that I'm feeling, or I'm noticing this fear that's coming up, or I'm noticing this belief that's holding me back, or whatever. Um, so that can be really useful. 
Um, and it depends on why you don't feel like you're ready. So let me ask you, why don't you feel like you're ready? Me? You like, yeah, you personally. And everybody can kind of, if anybody else is not feeling ready to date, uh, you know, let's all let's have everybody kind of check in with themselves and feel like why they not think they're ready. And, and to me, generally, before you answer it, I'll just say that it generally comes in two categories of not of not readiness. One, uh, maybe three. One category is um, I don't feel like I've healed enough. You know, I feel like I still have too many issues, and I'm I'm not ready to date yet uh, for that reason. Another one is. I'm still afraid that it's I'll still have bad experiences like I had in the past, which is not necessarily the same as aware of. See, some people can have have done a lot of healing and feel like they're pretty much done with their healing, and yet still have fears about you know having repeating the painful experiences they had before. Kind of an outdated fear, but it's there. And then a third one uh is I'm not ready because I still haven't gotten over some recent past relationship. That'd be the third category. So which which one is for you or did or do you have a fourth? Mine is the third one. Still not over uh past partner? Yeah. Dave is the name, right? Yeah. Yeah, so module three, you want to do some more on that? To yeah. <laughs> get work him out of your system. Yeah. You guys weren't together all that long, right? How many how many months was it? Yeah, like that's the thing, like not uh, not long at, at all, but uh, still, I mean, I, I, if I'm honest with myself, I'm not over him, so I don't want to start another relation and still. But having, how many how many months was it? Do you remember? How many months we were together? Yeah. Three months. Three months. Yeah. Okay. So when that kind of thing happens. This is not uncommon. We can have a short, intense relationship that has a much bigger impact than it should have when you think about just the, the duration of it, mm-hmm. right? I so I mean, you've been apart longer than the relationship, right? And you've been doing all this healing work. And so sometimes what's going on there is really not about the relationship itself per se, but it's about... Uh, a loss of the dream. Like this, I know in your case, it seemed like it was going so great. Mm-hmm. It seemed initially like, wow, this guy could actually be the one in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? So it seems, I guess you'd say, it seems so promising and, it, and you had, your hopes were very high and then all of a sudden it blew up. And that can make you gun shy. Even beyond, like, I haven't gone over him yet, it can also make you gun shy. It's like, well, what if that happens again? What if it seems to be going great again, and then maybe it'll blow up again? And that was that was so painful when that happened that it was. It just seemed like everything was almost perfect, and all of a sudden, bam! It blew up in my face. Mm-hmm. That can leave you really gun shy for the future. So that's not really about him. It's about the situation. So it's not even necessarily about processing all your feelings towards him, but it's more about like. You know, oh my God, I'm, I'm afraid that could happen again. So I'm afraid to try again because what if that happens again? Like it'll be seen so perfect, and then bam, it blows up. Does does that ring any bells for you? Yeah, for sure. I'm like, what I haven't seen? How come I haven't missed? Like probably there were information that I can see and all this stuff for sure. Yeah, and also that it kind of brought up all my 
wound, <laughs> you know? So, like, I feel that I still have some healing around those wounds to be able to, you know, be more, like, sure of myself and more... Well, here's the thing. So we have two things. It's, it brings up the rejection abandonment wound. You see, you just mentioned that. And it brings up also the fear of it happening again. It's like, how come I didn't see it coming? Right? Yeah. So these, those are the two things that you're left with, which is making you feel not ready. Yeah. So in terms of the wounds, rather than think, oh, geez, I still have to do a ton more healing on my abandonment and rejection wound, what I would encourage you to do instead is to use that tapping audio that I, that I that came from one of the earlier calls in Module 2, the one, the there is no such thing as rejection one, remember? Mm-hmm. And I extracted out so it's a standalone audio by itself. Use that one a lot. Okay? I encourage everybody, as you face dating, to use that audio over and over again because... We're, you know, we can spend, for, I mean, sure, ideally, you heal your all abandonment rejection wounds before you date. But then the question becomes, well, how long do you want to wait, right? It's hard to heal everything totally and completely. It's possible, but it can take a long time, even with EFT. It's like, you guys have already, a lot of you have already done a lot of, you know, healing sessions on feeling, you know, unavailable parent or feeling rejected or feeling abandoned, things like that. And at some point, you got to say, sure, I'll, I'll probably do more healing on this down the road, but at some point, I'm going to go for it anyway, even if it doesn't feel totally done. In fact, we're segueing a bit to my topic for today. Remember, good enough healing followed by good enough dating. It doesn't have to be perfect healing followed by perfect dating, but good enough. And one way to compensate for the fact that, okay, yeah, I still have some leftover rejection abandonment wounds that are certainly a lot better than they used to be, but they're still there, is to use that audio, like I say, that there is no such thing as rejection, because it will make us less likely to be triggered by it. Even though we still have some wounding left that's not quite fully healed, if we can embrace that new viewpoint that there is no such thing as rejection, then those wounds won't get triggered by that happening. You know, that's the thing about three months. Uh, you don't really know somebody until you've been with them about six months, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a gradual getting to know them, but it takes about six months before you feel like, yeah, I really have a pretty good sense of this, who this person is. Even six months, you don't know everything, but you know enough by six months that, you know, and you know enough to know whether or not, you know, who this person is and whether or not you want to continue, stuff like that. At the three-month point, you certainly do not. You know, you're still hopefully in your honeymoon phase at three months. Um, and so what happened for you is you guys were in the honeymoon phase, things were going great, and then a big new piece of information jumped out. Now, it happened to jump out, jump out in the form of him bailing out of the relationship, but even if he hadn't bailed, but just uh, reacted in all the ways that he expressed short of ending the relationship, that was crucial new information that you needed to know about who he was. And so when you say, I didn't see it coming, it's like, yeah, we can't see everything coming. That's why we get to know people. <laughs> it's, not, you know, it's not like you go on three dates and you go, okay, that's it. I, you know, I, can, tell, I, I can see it all. I can see everything and 
you know, let's get engaged. It's more like you got to – that's the whole point of the whole first six months. It's like I'm getting to know this person and finding out everything about them or at least enough about them that I can make an informed decision, right? So in the three-month mark, you're still getting to know him, and you've got to know him, you know, in a painful way. But like I say, even if he has stopped short of breaking up with you, the stuff you found out about him may have caused you to break up with him. Mm-hmm. Maybe, not, maybe not instantly, but as you kind of sat with it and lived it with him for the next month, you might have concluded yourself that, you know, this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. So it's okay, you know. We want to underst- We want to go into a new relationship, understanding that the, re- the the relationship is on a six month trial period, in a sense. Like, yeah, I'm enjoying getting to know this, getting to know this person. I'm enjoying spending time with this person, but it's going to take me six months to really know this person. So during those six months, anything can happen, and that's got to be okay. We have to be okay with that reality, and it could be disappointing if it doesn't go the way we hope, but. It's, you know, it, we, it's, you can't see everything in advance. Now, the thing that's going to be different, though, for you guys now rather than before this whole program is you're no longer going to be attracted to such negative people anymore, either totally or mostly, right? So the worst stuff that you've had to face in the past is now in the past. It's not going to be part of your future. Okay, It may not be perfect, there may still be some twinges of some of the negative qualities a bit here and there, but it's not going to be dramatic examples of that anymore, right? If you're, you know, attracted to angry, raging partners, you're not going to be attracted to ang- angry, raging partners anymore. It doesn't mean nobody will, will ever get angry, you know, you just naturally get angry. But it won't be a, a raging person who gets angry all the time, mm-hmm. right? So whatever the issues you've been struggling with are, uh, as far as the negative attraction patterns go, to a greater or, or you know, to a, to a good to, to great degree, that's all past now. For some of you, it's, you've completely broken free of those negative attraction patterns, and some of you, you've largely broken free. I would say that's true of everybody in the group. Even those of you who don't think you're totally done yet, you are mostly done. And this is where, again, good enough healing... And, going to good enough dating kicks in. Which is getting to my topic, actually. <laughs> I keep leading up to it and then stopping short. Um, so, like I say, for you, I would I would uh, tap on my your fear of, of this happening again. Because it could happen again, and that needs to be okay. Yeah. We don't want to be scared of this kind of thing happening, because then we won't ever do it again, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it could happen, but rather than feeling like it was a big rejection of you, in my view it wasn't, it was a revelation about him. Mm-hmm. A quickie story, just so everybody has some idea what we're talking about, is you know, the guy seemed very enlightened and you know, and all that stuff, and then the first conflict, or the first upset, I should say, that came up between them, he went, oh, I don't need drama and I'm out of here. <laughs> right? I was like, uh-huh. Well, there goes that big, all that big talking about how enlightened he was, right? You know, you don't bail as soon as there's something upsetting happens. Um, in fact, this is what I put out to the universe. Check this out. Check this out. It's super important to me that I can work things out with my partner because I once had a similar experience to you, 
I had uh, I met a woman that uh, I really liked a lot. We got along great initially, and she seemed like, wow, this woman could be the one. In fact, God, it's so almost exactly the same. And we were together for again just for a few months, and then something happened, and then she went, okay, I'm out of here. You know, it's obvious we can't make each other happy. I'm out of here. I was like, what? <laughs> it was one thing, right? And it was, it was just me questioning her about something. Uh, and then she changed her mind and she came back. And she was like, yeah, okay, I'm really sorry. I overreacted. Here, let me come back. But then as soon as that happened, I was thinking, well, that felt really bad that you just bailed. And in fact, even ended our relationship. Even if it only lasted two days, you know, I'm not comfortable with that way of responding if <laughs> something's happening. You know, I want... I want to be with somebody who's good at working things out with me. And it happened with her a couple more times, and that was it. So it's like, okay, we're done. So what I added to my law of attraction is this is how I worded it. It was so cool because this is exactly what happened. Is I said, I want to meet my soulmate where we get along fantastically well, and yet I want there to be some significant thing we have to deal with early on in the relationship so I can see how well we work things out. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect. I met Lauda, right? And then this thing happened. It wasn't even between us. It was, she was just hearing stories from other people that were upsetting sounding things. And then she and I had to work it out. And we did a great job working out together. And it felt wonderful for me because, like, ah, I have just confirmed that she and I can work things out well together. Even though we were still in the early honeymoon phase, it was in the first month of our relationship, right? We had to deal with this thing. And I was thinking, and afterwards, once we we successfully dealt with it, I went, oh my God, that's exactly what I asked for when I put it out to the universe. I want to meet my soulmate, and I want there to be something significant we deal with. And how else could you find something significant that early in your relationship, since in the beginning everything seems perfect, right? So it's like exactly fit what I was asking for. It was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but so for me, one, which, one thing you might want to add to your partner vision, Ghislaine, and everybody else, you might consider this adding to uh, adding it to your partner vision, is that the person I'm looking for is good at working things out with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that on your list? Yes or no? Yeah. No. <laughs> not, right? That's the thing is, like, mentally I get it. It's just emotionally that I, you know, like, everything you say in my mind, I understand it. And it's for sure, like, I'm 100% with you on everything you say. It's just that emotionally, like, this uh, ang, and that kind of bothers me. So, yeah. Well, this is the perfect case for the choices method. The choices method is is fantastic when you have that heart mind split where your mind, where your mind goes this all totally is right you know I'm totally on board totally, makes total sense and even feels right and yet my heart is not cooperating <laughs> right my heart is still scared and hurt and things like that that's a perfect time to use the choices method to bring the two in alignment so you use your heart's negative reaction whatever the painful feelings are as your problem statement and then you come up with a nice choice statement that fits your your mental understanding. And then you, you use the choices statement to or choices method to help release the emotional, you know, fears or beliefs, negative beliefs, and embrace the new viewpoint emotionally. That's a great way to do it. So you might 
next session. <laughs> or we could do it together. Or, but I would encourage you. I think you know the choices method is such a great technique to use for shifting beliefs and uh, you know quicker than regular tapping does, and to move in a new positive direction quicker than regular tapping. So it's great to use it. And I, I don't think most people in the group are using it much. And it's a shame because it's really great. So what I encourage you to do, Ghislaine, as a homework assignment, is do your best effort before our next session. Okay. And try and do it by yourself and see how far you get and, you know, and start using what you came up with. And then by the time we get to our session, maybe you're already done. Or if, it feel, if you feel like you need a little help kind of coming up with a better worded choice statement, then we can do that together. But the more you try and do it on your own, the better you get at it. I've gotten pretty good just because I've helped so many clients do it, <laughs> even aside of trying to use it for myself. Topic, it works. It's just like the wording is hard for like just getting the the, the right you know sentence and everything. I, good enough. You I, want a good enough choice statement, not a perfect one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good enough healing. Good enough choice statements. Good enough dating. That's what we're aiming for here. Good. Thank you, Stefan. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, anybody else have a question or want to share where they're at or anything like that? Or star eight if you're on the phone, or type a chat message. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and start introducing what I was going to talk about topic-wise, and we're going to do some tapping. It's going to be some general group tapping, but I'm going to be asking for volunteers to, you know, stand in for the group for a couple things that we're going to be tapping on. Um, so the first thing, I've, I've already pretty much said it, but I just want to really nail it. And that is, I want, I, I, even though there's a lot of you who keep saying, I don't, I'm not done with Module 1, I'm not done with Module 1, uh, for now, I'd like you all to be consider yourselves done with Module 1, even if you don't think you are. Because, first of all, it's hard to know when you're done. I realize that you know you, people ask me before, how do you know when you're done? And I gave you two options. One of the two is a pretty accurate indicator, but the other one is not. I, I need to modify that. The, 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 the one way you can know for sure you're done before you, you go out and date again is if you have that reference person. So if you have a reference person who fits your old pattern that you, that you started out with still having a very strong attraction to that person, and then... Uh, you know, you did a bunch of Module 1 healing sessions, and then you check back in and say, you know, am I still attracted to this person at least 0 to 10? And you get all the way to a 0, and you might even feel an aversion towards that person. Then you can be very confident that you're done. Like, okay, I'm not attracted to that kind of person anymore. So you're done. Um, the other thing I said, you know, if, so if you have a reference person, that's good. You can tell. Then you can really tell if you're done. The other thing I said is if you don't have a reference person is that if you think about the experiences you had with that negative trait, if, the, if it's still upsetting, then you're not done. And if, you're, if you're done, it's not upsetting anymore. That one is much less accurate and much less true because, uh, of course, you know you're absolutely done with your healing when you can think about, you know, let's say you had, a, again, back to that raging parent example. If you, you know, have, think of other memories of your parent raging at you, if you feel no negative reaction, then sure, you're done with your healing on that topic. But you don't necessarily have to get to that point to have broken out of the pattern. So it's overkill. 
And that was the only option I gave, other option I gave you. Is like, you know, if you're not at all upset about any of those memories anymore, then you know you're done. Now, yes, that is true, but it's overkill because you don't need to get that far in order to have broken out of the pattern. So what I really like to say is I would like everybody to assume that they're done with Module 1. You know, down the road, if you have to come back and do some more on it, fine. But for now, for the rest of this program, assume that it's good enough. Good enough healing. Assume that you're, you're good enough, and let's just focus on the other elements of the program from now on. So the big thing, the big stuff to be focusing on now is going to be Modules 4, 5, and 6. Now, officially, we're starting Module 5 today. Um, and and then and Module 6 is Law of Attraction. So F Module 5 is about kind of healthy dating, essentially, or being our, being our, our, uh, our authentic self while dating is Module 5, right? And Module 6 is Law of Attraction. I'm going to kind of mix these all together because there's not a ton of things to say about it. It's more about practicing, and we can lump them together effectively. So... Everybody is now officially done with Module 1, whether you think so or not. Module 4 is great because you want to keep doing that every week, you know, building up your self-appreciation, self-love, and things like that. So keep doing that each week. Um, and then let's start mixing in some of this new stuff that we're going to get into. Okay. Now, assuming that you are done, with Module 1, and even Module 2, right? Module 2 is addressing all the fears and limiting beliefs that, that come up as you are faced with your ideal partner standing in front of you, right? So <clears throat> let's assume that you finish Modules 1 and 2, or finish them enough, right? Good enough. In fact, well, this actually, let me give you a more extreme case so this is more obvious. Let's, this, because this happens when I will work with clients one-on-one -on -one sometimes, and we'll work, you know, however long it takes to do this, we will actually work, you know, slowly, methodically through modules one and two in particular. And we'll get to the point where we both feel like, yeah, feel done, right? No longer attracted to the wrong people. They had a reference person, so we could really tell that, yep, they were done with module one. And then we had, a, you know, we had a list of fears and limiting beliefs in module two, cleared them all, all done, okay? So the person feels like, okay, this is good, I'm done. And maybe we also cleared, you know, past relationship stuff. Now they feel like they're done, and I say, okay, so how do you feel, feel like, you know, you're ready? How, how do you feel like going, getting out there and doing some dating, right? Get on it. And then all of a sudden, they'll have a level 10 fear pop up. It's like, whoa, where did this come from? And what that level 10 fear says is that I'm afraid I'm still going to have bad experiences like before. Like, let's say, again, this attracted to, you know, raging men. Uh, I'm afraid that I'll be attracted to a raging man again. Now, this is not a logical fear because that reference person who was a raging person, you know, they feel zero attraction to that person. So logically speaking, they shouldn't be afraid of attracting another raging man or person because they're no longer attracted to that kind of person. But it's very common for people to have what I call an outdated fear. A fear, a fear that goes like this. I've always had these, this kind of painful relationship before, and I'm afraid it'll happen again. And that, that, that sort of fear response is disregarding all the healing they've done in between. Right? 
Now, if I point it out, logically they'll get it, just like what D. Lane was saying, right? Logically they go, oh, yeah, that's right, I did do all that healing work, so, yeah, you're right, I shouldn't be attracted to that kind of person anymore. So, I, sh- I you know, it should, logically speaking, I'm not going to have to deal with that ever again. That's the logical part of them that can acknowledge that. But then there's a part of them that just has that fear. And it's just, it's, you know, that part of our brain is just much more simplistic. <laughs> it said, I have, I've always had them before, I'm afraid it'll, it'll happen again. And I don't care about any of this healing junk, <laughs> you know. That's my fear. So a lot of you can likely have that fear, okay, as you face dating. So if I, I'd like you all to take a moment and consider the, you know, and Ghislaine, you know, she had a very specific fear, right, that she was afraid of that kind of specific experience happening again. Now, in her case, that kind of thing can happen again, right? It's not about I'm no longer attracted to to negative partners anymore. Is that certain things can happen, and we just have to be courageous and understand that it's part of life, right? But there's also these specific fears around, I'm afraid of having the same bad experiences I've always had in the past before I did any of this healing work, basically. So a lot of people will experience that one as a very high number, 8, 9, 10, somewhere like that. And I want to tap on that one today. So that's one of the things we're going to tap on, and I'm going to ask for a volunteer who has that fear, uh, to stand in for the group, and ideally a silver member, just to give a silver person a chance. Um, so think about that. If you, if you share that fear and you want to uh, do some tapping with that. The second one is a different kind of fear, as, you know, again, assuming you've healed everything, right? So the extreme case, you've healed everything. So we have that sort of leftover, outdated fear. And then here's another one. And this one sounds like this. If I try and imagine being in a healthy relationship, that feels really new and unfamiliar to me because I've never had one before. And things that are new and unfamiliar feel scary and unsafe. It's one of these, again, logic has nothing to do with it, right? Because, of course, if it is a healthy, wonderful relationship, then it's going to be great. It's not going to be a problem. But as human beings, it's built into us instinctually to fear the unknown. Even if the unknown is something good, right? It's a good unknown. But it's, if it's new and different, that makes it feel unknown, and then unknown feels scary. So uh, that's the second fear that people can face after they've finished doing all their healing or have done good enough healing, right? So I also want to tap on that one. Uh, and I'd like a volunteer for that one as well. Uh, and then the third topic is bad dating advice. So this is the topic of being ourselves, you know, being our our authentic selves. It's very hard to say, our authentic. Uh, so let me just, that's just a piece of information. Let me just give you that, and then we'll come back and do all the tapping. So I'll, I'll give an opportunity for questions first. There's a lot of crappy dating advice, crappy in my view. So I'm going to be arrogant and egotistical right now and think I know the answer to everything. And I'm going to tell you that there's so much crappy dating advice out there. But I'm going to try and prove my case. There's a lot of dating advice that's trying to help people be attractive to the opposite sex or the sex they're, the gender they're interested in, whatever, right? 
But let me, since we have mostly women, let me just give you an example, and Louie just reverse it. There's dating advice, you know, about like how to be more attractive to quote men, or in Louie's case, how to be more attractive to quote women, right? So this is some kind of generic advice trying to make you more attractive to the group of people known as men or women. And they'll have all sorts of specific things about that. And the reason why I call it crappy advice is the very premise I, I totally object to. Because the question is, well, a couple of things. One, if you follow some advice that's supposedly supposed to make you more attractive to, quote, men as a group, do you want to be, quote, attracted to men as a group, or do you want to be attractive to your soulmate? Because the advice that they're going to give you to be attractive to men as a group or women as a group is going to be advice that's going to be encouraging you to act in some way that is not who you naturally are. Because otherwise, you'd already be doing it, right? So if they say, well, you know, men like this, so do more of that. Now, if that's something you already do, then fine. It's, it is part of who you are. But if that's not something that you normally would do, so you're trying to do this unnatural to you thing, then you're not being yourself, right? You're trying to change yourself into something that is supposedly more pleasing to the opposite sex or the gender you like, and that's not you. And my definition of soulmate or ideal partner is somebody who's attracted to everything that makes you uniquely you, right? You know, back to the ice cream uh, analogy of flavors, right? The only way to be more generally appealing is to become less unique, right? Vanilla is the most generally appealing flavor because it's so bland. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it's sweet and nice, but it's not very interesting. Most people will eat it if they're offered vanilla ice cream, but it's not most people's favorite flavor, right? So most of this advice is generic to make you more generically pleasing and therefore less interesting. So, you know, I'll give you a, a specific example. Well, so, okay, yeah, so here's an example. Uh, I had a brand new client I was talking to, and uh, for some reason, at the very beginning, we were talking about her dating profile, and she said that she read this advice that, quote, men, in general, don't like long profiles. So she kept her profile short. So then I asked her a very simple question. Okay, first of all, I don't even know if that's true. There's some claim being made that men don't like long profiles. But let's say it is true. Um, what would your ideal partner like? Would your ideal partner like a short profile or a long profile? And she said, well, and she actually really thought about it for a while. She goes, I think my, my ideal partner would probably like a long profile, not a short one. And I went, there you go, right? So if she had followed the advice that men don't like long profiles, keep it short, um, you know, I think she was probably right that you know, our soulmate, our ideal profile, would, uh, partner would, would like a long profile. They use a dating service, a dating site, because they, it gives them a chance to find out who we are as much as possible before making contact and better chance that they'll recognize us. And, and then here's the cool thing. If it's true that a lot of men don't like long profiles, then great. Weed them out. Screen them out. <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, that's the other thing. It's like when people are writing their profile, that's one of the reasons why I want you guys to practice. Module 5 is all about being our, our authentic selves 
and being courageous enough to be our, our authentic selves, to show all of who we are. So lots of times when we write create a profile, we don't include certain things because we're afraid that people won't like it. But what we really mean by that is, again, this more generic thing. I'm afraid, I'm afraid that men won't like it or women won't like it. Who cares if they don't like it? Good if they don't like it. If there's something specific about you that the great majority of men or women won't like, great, put it in. Weed all those people out. Screen them all out because your ideal partner will like that part of you. So that much better. You know, why, why waste a ton of time having to go on you know, dozens or hundreds even of dates with people where you finally reveal this thing that you were hiding and they go, oh, yeah, that doesn't work for me. So, yeah, well, I'd rather know that before we even go on the date. <laughs> it's not going to work for you. And yeah, let me tell you up front. Save the time and energy. You see what I mean? It's like we want to be ourselves. Um, another one is all the stuff about you know advice of how to flirt, like for the women in the group. You know, here's a, a workshop on how to flirt. It's like, why do we need something like that, right? If you're a flirty person as part of who you are, then you're already doing it. If you're not a flirty person, then you're trying to learn how to do something that's not who you are. So what's the point of doing that, right? You think that, well, men like women who, who are flirty. Your ideal partner will like you because you're you, not because you learned how to flirt, Right? It's anyway. These are the kinds of reasons why I think most of that dating advice out there is just really crappy advice because it's not about you. It's about some sort of general guidelines of general behaviors and stuff like that. It's, it's got nothing to do with our ideal partner or our soulmate. Does anybody have any questions about that? In fact, here's a follow-up to that. Here's a follow-up to what I just said and. People, if you have questions, go ahead and press star 8 or type your message, your chat message now. Don't wait for me to stop talking. But here's a follow-up. Because then the question becomes, well, uh, oh, Ghislaine has a, okay. Ghislaine, yes. Hi, it's me again. Yeah, um, I'm wondering, like, on the first date, like, because, you know, I know that we have to be unique and ourselves and whatever, but, I mean, asking, like, really straight, straight, that. Yeah straightforward question like how do you react to a fight or how like is it too much like because I mean yes I get that I have to be honest but I don't want to scare them yeah yeah no, that's a good point. I mean, there are some practical things about the first couple of dates so let me yeah so let me I'll give you I'll answer that question by actually saying the thing I was about to say so it's a perfect segue for that all right, so the question becomes, um, you know, it's all well and good to say be your authentic self, but then we get, but then I'm still kind of left wondering, well, what do I do? <laughs> because, that's, you know, the nice thing about guidelines is it's kind of you're being told what to do, right? So it's like, ah, oh, I'm being told what to do. I'll do that. Otherwise, I'm just kind of winging it, right? So here's the thing. I want to give you a model of the best way to go, and then I'll give you some specific suggestions so you do have suggestions, concrete things you can do. The model for everybody is I'd like everybody to think about one of their closest platonic friends. They'll probably probably be same gender as yourself, but not necessarily. But just somebody who's a really good friend. And not necessarily one, though, no, not one you met as a child. So one that you met as an adult. 
And so I want everybody to think of somebody like that. At least just pick the person. Um, do you have somebody like that in mind, Elaine? Yeah. Okay. Now I want you to think back to when you first met this person as an adult. So you met this person as an adult, however it happened, and chances are you liked the person right away. They didn't instantly become your, one of your closest friends right away, but in the first encounter, you really liked this person. It's like, wow, I, I really like this person. You know, you, just, you had this really good feeling about this person very quickly. You enjoyed being with the person, you enjoyed talking to the person, and you had this feeling like you'd like to see the person again. Right? You might have yep. exchanged phone numbers, say, hey, that was you know, it's really fun meeting you, and uh, yeah, I'd love to get together again sometime. And so you you kind of invite each other out, right? Not romantically, but platonically. And you get together again, and again, you have a great time. And you just keep doing this, and gradually you get to know each other. And typically, you're not asking each other lots of you know, questions, like, you're, like it's an interview. You're just enjoying being with each other and getting to know each other in a very natural way. And typically, you're getting together to do activities, <clears throat> especially early on, right? So... Uh, there'll be opportunity for talking and things like that, but it's not like we're getting together to sit down and sit across from each other at a small table and, and quiz each other, right? That's not what you do. What you're doing is you're just enjoying being together. That's your only goal because you don't have any extra motives or anything. You're just natu- you're just drawn to this person and you feel like seeing spending time with that person and you're just getting together and just enjoying it. That's all you're doing. And it's this very natural thing. Well, the exact way that that unfolded with your with the person who ultimately became one of your best friends is exactly the way you want to do it with a romantic partner. That's your model. Like, what would I do with a, a you know a, a a potential friend that I just met, a person I really liked as a new friend? What, how would I handle it? What would I do with that person? I wouldn't quiz the person and ask them a million probing questions. I would just enjoy their company and want to get together again and do activities together and just gradually get to know them. Sometimes we'll meet a new friend, and as we're gradually getting to know them, we'll realize that you know there's some differences between us that it, um, has caused me to back off a little bit. I still like this person. I still even like to be friends with that person. But they're not heading towards my closest inner circle. They're more in my middle circle. Like we all tend to have three circles of friends, our, our closest friends and our inner circle. Then we have our medium friends, and then we have kind of our, you know, more distant friends, acquaintances, people that we are friendly with, right? So there's three categories. So you might decide, yeah, this person has become, is going to, eh, you know, we don't we don't get along as well as I would like that I'm now going to, feel like they're part of my inner circle, but I still like them, and they're still, I still consider them a friend, but they're like a mid-level friend. Well, in a rom- so the only difference between a romantic situation and a developing friendship situation is that when you get to that decision point between close inner circle friend versus mid- medium friend, with a romantic partner, that's really more like I want to keep being involved with this person versus no, it's not working out. Because we don't have middle romantic partners, <laughs> right? 
unless you're just looking for casual dating, casual relationships, stuff like that. But if you're looking, you know, if you're serious about it, you really want to meet a great partner, ideally your your life partner, then it tends to be a little bit all or nothing. But the progression is the same, right? You meet the person, it's like, wow, I really enjoyed hanging out with this person, talking, doing stuff together. I'd like to get together and do that again. And I'm going to let us get to know each other gradually in a natural unfolding way. And I'm just noticing how it feels uh, along the way. And I'm also probably not going to get sexual really quickly. Because getting sexual all of a sudden jumps the gun. So in terms of concrete advice for the first few dates, I really encourage people, first of all, like I say, not to get sexual quickly because it's very hard to not be impacted by having sex with somebody. As soon as we have sex, all of a sudden we feel like we're involved. Way before we get to know this person. Right? We don't know. We, I mean, you, right away you might know that, wow, this person seems amazing and I feel super attracted to this person and really turned on and I really would love to jump their bones. You know, hold off on that because you still don't know them very well. And as soon as you jump their bones and have sex, all of a sudden, like I say, there's something switches for you emotionally, and, and it's like, okay, now we're a couple. And it's like, but I don't even know this person well enough to be a couple yet, right? It's too quick. So I really recommend people, you know, some people have the, you know, the three-date rule. You know, if things are really going great by the third date, then we'll have sex. Um, I think that's too quick. I think it's okay to be kissing each other <laughs> and stuff like that. But I, I tend to, when I used to date and through dating sites, I kept it to kissing for a long time. And I would not go beyond it. Because I can kiss and still not feel like we're a couple yet. You know, that's you know, kissing is like, okay, yeah, it's feeling sexy and, and you know, I'm I'm letting myself feel some of the romantic hotness of the moment, but I'm keeping a lid on it by not going past kissing for, you know, a month or two. That's how how many how quick how often we have dates. So I encourage people not to have sex very quickly because it you just get ahead of yourself basically. Um, and then I also very much, very, very much encourage for first dates to do an activity together rather than do the classic meet for tea, sit at a table, and quiz each other. <laughs> right? And I did, I did a lot of that when I was Internet dating. We'd sit down, we were basically interviewing each other. So what's your view on such and such? And, you know, do you want kids or not? Or, you know, what's, you know do you share my religion? Or, or I'm not religious. Are you religious? And how do you feel about being with somebody who's not religious? You know, it's like, like we're trying to, you know, we're interviewing each other. That is not natural and doesn't even give you much information. Because the information is not about that kind of stuff. Not to say that you, ultimately you do want to learn those things. You, you do want to find out. Hopefully some of them are already in the profile right off the bat. But getting to know someone is, comes from experiencing them, not quizzing them, not interviewing them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Elaine? Yeah, 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 it does. It just, yeah. When you said a month or two, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, a month or two. When you said a month or two waiting for having sex, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could, you can do it. I mean, it depends on how many dates you have. You know, if you've had, if you're seeing somebody twice a week, so in a month you've had eight dates. You know, that might be fine. Mm-hmm. If you're only seeing somebody once a week, then you've only had four dates by then. So that's, I was, you know, you want, I, it, rather than having any hard and fast rules about X number of dates, 
what you really want to do is just wait until you feel, uh, you know, pretty connected and clear and you feel really ready, right? It's not coming from wanting to make things happen. Sometimes we have sex because we want to make it, we want to kind of cement the deal. <laughs> Lots of times we have sex from insecurity or or either insecurity or wanting to make things happen. So let me let me address them individually. In my early days of dating, I would feel very insecure about whether or not the woman I was hanging out with liked me. Once I knew she liked me, then I could relax, and then I then I became way more confident. Before I knew she liked me, I could come across as insecure. The way I could tell unambiguously if she liked me is if we had sex. So so in those early years, in my 20s, I tried to have sex as fast as I could, not because I actually wanted to have sex, but I wanted to get past that insecure phase and know that she liked me. So if we had sex, I knew she liked me, right? And then lots of times I'd end up in this really ridiculous place. Uh, we would have sex really fast, like on the first or second date, and then all of a sudden I would back off because it's like, well, wait a minute, I don't really know her that well. <laughs> you know, I don't even know if I want to be in a relationship with her yet. You know, and I remember, like in my middle twenties, I would do that where I'd say, um, you know, I'm sorry to say this, but I, I think I kind of jumped the gun a little bit, and you know, I really like you, and I'm really, you know, excited to be getting to know you. But could we kind of like hold off on having sex for a little bit longer? Because I think I did it too soon. And lots of times the women were kind of amazed that a guy was saying that. So it, I got away with it. <laughs> so they would kind of be a little confused, but, but kind of pleased in a way, and go, oh, yeah, okay. Um, and then we would wait till later before we had sex again. But I shouldn't have had to go there, right? I was, I was just doing it from insecurity and, and for that reason. So that's one way we can have sex too fast. The other way we can have sex too fast is that I'm looking for my soulmate, and I really like you. And I'm really feeling hopeful, so let's have sex because I'm trying to just kind of move it along, right? From my from my enthusiasm and excitement and and this greater desire to have met my soulmate, right? It's not really about the person, even though I'm liking the person and, and feeling good so far, but it's really more about the bigger picture of I really want my soulmate and maybe you're it and let's have sex now that, that, just to kind of move it along faster, right? So there's sort of this anxiousness of trying to keep move things along. And neither of those work because you find yourself ahead of yourself emotionally. Like emotionally, you're not there yet, and yet you're doing it anyway for one reason or the other. In some cases, it's the other person. Uh, so Okay, actually, here's a third reason why people sometimes have sex too soon is that they're not ready yet. They know they're not ready yet, but the other person seems to be ready and starts kind of pushing it, right? Lots of times this happens with women, though it did happen with me too, where, you know, you're kissing, and then the 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 guy you know you're kissing, or the woman you're kissing, starts to you know rove their hand down, and and all of a sudden things are you know we're, we seem to be heading in the direction of having sex, and and then sometimes a woman in particular, uh, but this also happened to me too in my young days, uh, wants to say no, but they're afraid to say no because they're afraid the other person will get upset and leave. Right? So they're afraid of being rejected by not matching the other person's pace. Right? Because essentially you're you're kind of operating at different paces. And you know, you might have this feeling like 
you know, I feel like we're heading in that direction. I'm not quite ready yet. But since I feel like, yeah, we're heading in that direction, okay, I'll go along with it quicker than I'm really wanting to. Because, you know, I'm sure I'd, I would probably get there anyway. And I don't want to risk upsetting the person and having them maybe lose interest in me and, and rejecting me. That's a bad way to go. You know, what you want to do in that case is say, is uh, be playful about it and going, um, hey, whoa, hey, I'm, a, you know, I'm, a, I'm really turned on too, but I'm not quite ready to go there yet. But I'm, I am just loving our kissing, <laughs> you know, and I would love to keep kissing. And I would love to, uh, and I'm really looking forward to when we're ready to do, to do the hot and heavy, right? But I'm just not quite ready for that yet. But I would love to have some really yummy kissing and continue with that. You know, keep it positive, keep it upbeat, uh, but have a boundary about it. Like I'm not really, I'm not quite ready yet. But you don't have to get all serious. Like, hey, you know, slow down, big guy. You know, I'm, you know, I need to take things slow. And it's, you know, da, da. you only do that if the person seems to be pushing a little bit further. Which you say, hey, look, I really said I just want to keep it a kissing. So at that point, you'd actually move away. You know, if you're on a couch, you like. Move yourself like uh, six to twelve inches away, or something like kind of move a bit. So look, I need to talk to you about this. You know, I'm feeling super turned on by you too. You know, I, and part of me that would love to jump your bones, but I'm also know that emotionally I'm not really ready to go there yet. And you know, if you get pushy, then I'm going to start getting turned off, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't want me to get turned off, right? Right now I'm hot. I'm feeling hot and heavy towards you and super turned on. But if you start getting pushy after I've said no already. Tell I'm not ready, then I'm going to quickly get turned off, and that's not going to be good, right? So let's keep this exciting. <laughs> let's get some, let's get some back to some some wonderful kissing. So you, you basically so the bottom line is wait till you're emotionally ready to have sex, and entertain that you want to kind of spend some time with this person first. So my best advice for date number one is to do an activity together where there's still opportunity to talk. So not a movie where you're just going to sit there silent in a dark theater. But uh, like if there's a craft fair, right, that's perfect. Because you get to wander around looking at craft thingies and talk about it and interact, right? So a craft fair would be a great first date. Or, or simply going for a walk. But you want to be careful not to have a walking interview. <laughs> the whole point is you want to experience something together, right? So walk someplace interesting. Uh, you know, walk. Uh, I have a client who said that he wanted to to walk around a mall and go window shopping, and then he was going to have fun and be playful by going to a store and and kind of goof around trying on clothes together. You know, this is a guy suggesting it, and he wanted to see if. You know, this woman he was on a date with would have fun with him in that way. Not as a test per se, but just have is to like I like being fun and wacky, and let's see if this person is can join me in being fun and wacky. You know, it's important to me. I like doing that kind of stuff. So it's uh, do something interesting and different. That's an activity rather than just simply sitting and looking at each other and interviewing each other. Does that make sense? You think? I can't hear you, Mo. I think you're far away from the speakerphone. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> oh, there you are. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it, it's the, because for me, one of the biggest pleasure in my life is eating. <laughs> and, like, in a restaurant and nice, I having, like, a nice dinner and 
enjoying the food I'm having. So it's kind of, you know, kind of in the same direction as like it can turn out easily to interview. So the focus is more around the food and the choose of the restaurant and stuff like that, I imagine, than just having this interview of uh, asking questions and everything. Yeah, I mean, that's a tricky. I mean, sure, sharing a meal is a, you know, is a very pleasurable thing. Uh, but I, again, I wouldn't do it on the first date because it's just too hard to avoid the interview scenario. Uh, there you are, you know, you're having, you get some opportunities to interact about the food, but you run out of food interactions pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Right? There's only so many things you can say about the food you're eating, <laughs> right? <laughs> or food in general or whatever. At some point, uh, you know, you run out of that, and then, you, and then the temptation is to start quizzing each other again, and that's the thing I would avoid. Because, again, try and use as your ideal model what, how how things were when you met somebody who be, ultimately became a good close friend. You didn't quiz each other, mm-hmm. right? You just enjoyed talking to each other or doing something with each other in some way. And the, tempta- the temptation to quiz, quiz each other is huge. So even if you decide, okay, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. I, I, my intention is, I'm not going to ask any questions, or at least of that nature, right? I'm not going to quiz this person. But then, what if they start quizzing you, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. And then if you don't ask them questions back, then they think, yeah, you know, they're showing interest in you, and you're not interested in them. It's like, well, no, I'm just trying to avoid this whole interview thing. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes when I go on dates and they start interviewing me, I'll, I'll, I'll just bring it up as a topic. I'll say, you know. Uh, I've gone on lots of dates where we interview each other, but I found that to be a really poor way to get to know each other. And what I'd like to do, my favorite way, and I'll, and I'll, I'll get enthusiastic about it, I'll go, you know, my favorite way of getting to know somebody is to just uh, do an activity together. Because that's like a fun way to get to know each other. You know, would you like to do that? And they go, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds fun. Sure, that sounds good. So I can usually pretty quickly and easily talk them into it. And I might even say that up front as we're making our first date, as I'll say, that kind of thing. Um, that, uh, uh, it, it, yeah, just that. You know, I'll say, you know, for my first date, you know, how about if we go uh, to this craft fair? How about if we go for a hike or whatever? And they'll say, well, you know, how, or, or they might suggest meeting for tea. And I'll say, you know... The problem for me with meeting for tea is that we tend to just kind of interview each other. And I found that it's not really a great, it's not a very fun way to get to know somebody. And it's much more fun, I like using the word fun a lot, it's much more fun to get to know somebody like sharing, you know, do some kind of, you know, cool, fun activity together. How about we do this, right? And then we, and then, so they're sort of, I'm kind of selling them the idea of not interviewing each other, instead doing something fun. And so then, then they, and then they agree to it. I actually went, I went on literally a couple hundred dates on dating sites, so. I, I did. I uh, learned a lot about how to do these things. You Might did a lot of hiking. What? <laughs> what did you say? So you did a lot of hiking. <laughs> I still couldn't hear that. What you said? I said you did a lot of hiking. If you were not going for tea or coffee or a drink, then you were offering to do other things, and you said like hiking. So I just oh, lots of hiking, hiking. That was the word I was missing. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it depends on what was going on in the area. But, uh, yeah, lots of times they say, hey, let's go, uh, you know, if there's a nature preserve or whatever, you know, let's go, let's go for a little a short hike, something like that. 
you want to keep things as natural as poss- possible, and activities is natural. You know, doing activity is natural. You could even say, let's go miniature golfing. You know, like anything that's an activity where there's an opportunity to to be fun and playful together. One of the fastest ways to notice if you're how well you get along with somebody is doing something that is normally would be fun, <laughs> right? And with the right person, not only would it be fun like it should be, it'll be even more fun, right? Because you'll have a chance of just really having a chance to be playful and fun and silly together, and you'll really enjoy it. And if you're with the wrong person, what's normally would be a fun activity would be like not fun, <laughs> right? Like okay, this is not very fun today. So it's, it gives you great, uh, you know, insight into what it's like to be together, and that's really what you're trying to find out, right? So anyway, that's my advice, and I'm sticking to it. So that that makes sense. Yes, it does. Thank you. All right, you're very welcome. All right, so tapping. Well, again, if anybody has any questions, but uh, I want to tap with a a silver person today. Uh, And we're going to be tapping on the fear that you're of having having a bad relationship like the ones you've had before. In spite of the fact that your mind knows that you've done all this healing work, good enough healing work, that should mean that you're not going to have those bad experiences again, and yet you still have that fear that you're going to have bad experiences. So who would like to volunteer to do that? Okay, so... Oh, wow, we got a bunch of volunteers. So, uh, uh, Louis, you're a gold person, so I, I want to do a, a... So I'm going to just call on you see if you have a question, but... Hey, Louie? Can you hear me? Louie? Hello, Louie? Yes, Kanye. So it's just a quick question. What what dating yeah, what dating sites would you recommend? Yeah, can you ah, hear me? Ah, okay, Hi, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, now Hello? I can. Yeah, I can hear Hello? you fine. Yes. What, what, it was a simple question. What sort of uh, dating sites? Yeah, what dating sites? Uh, I can very easily answer that question in the United States. And I have no ability to answer that question in, in Europe or Great Britain. Oh, sir. I have okay. another client no, in Great fine. Britain, and he says that the ones I suggested aren't good there. <laughs> so I can't tell you anything. Okay. But, uh, but no it's a good problem. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. I, I just have no experience with the ones in, uh, in your area. Okay. Uh, well, I'm up for volunteering, but uh, let someone else have a go. Yeah, I want to ha- let a silver person do the actual tapping. Okay. But mostly, yeah, cool. these gold Thanks. people tend to volunteer a lot. I want to give the silver people a chance. So, all right. So I'm going to go ahead and answer your question, though, for right. uh, the North America, anyway. I'll go ahead and mute you. Uh, which dating sites do I recommend? So I tried many dating sites over the years. Um, I used dating sites on and off for like ten years. And here's my favorite choices. Um, and I narrowed it down to three. One of the sites I really did not like was eHarmony. It seems like it would be good because it asks you all these questions. It's supposed to be some kind of big you know, thing, whatever. Um, but eHarmony, I, I never liked it. 
the ones I liked were three. One was Match.com just because they were far and away the biggest in North America. I don't know how they are in Europe or the rest of the world, but in North America, you know, Canada, United States, they were the biggest. So if you do a search with all of your criteria, you're going to get the most results. You know, I would do a search and I would get 200 people matching my search criteria. Right? And I still had to like look at 200 profiles and narrowed it down to about you know 20 that I actually thought were really interesting. So, but I would use Match.com simply because they were the biggest. Uh, my my favorite site in terms of having the kind of people on the site that were more likely to be the kind of people I was looking for was <clears throat> was a site called GreenSingles.com. Green Singles. Green meaning sort of ecologically oriented. There's a whole bunch of sort of spiritually oriented or consciously oriented dating sites with names kind of like that, conscious singles, spiritual singles, you know, all that kind of stuff. But they're all tended to be too small, unless you live in a big city, which I don't. So if you're in a big city, you know, it's, it's fine to use conscious singles and, and uh, spiritual singles, um, and, and they'll be good options for you. But green singles was the biggest of that category of site. So they, I would get pretty good results even in my little small town area that I lived in. So, you know, on, uh, on Match.com, I'd get 200 people matching my criteria, but only 20 to at the most 30 of them would actually be look like the kind of people I'd be interested in, at least contacting. When I did the same search in green singles, I might only get a result of 40, but again, 20 to 30 be the kind I was interested in, right? So it's kind of full of people of the at least my tribe, you know, they're already in my tribe. So tended to be uh, the right kind of people. Uh, let's see, Claudia is saying, Bumble.com is a new dating site that empowers women. Okay, cool, never tried that one. The third site that I did use, uh, generally, so the third one is a free site. Now generally the free sites tend to not have very good quality people in it um, because they're free. So the people, uh, most of the free sites, like Plenty of Fish and, oh, I don't even remember all the names of them, but most of the free sites I found to not be, you know, I would do a big search and I'd find nobody that was interesting, right? Because I'm looking for kind of conscious people, which I think most of you are as well. You know, if you're doing personal growth program like this one, you're, you know, you're growth-oriented, and free dating sites, you don't generally find that kind of people. But there's one exception, and it's okcupid.com. Okcupid. That site, even though it's free, so I don't know if it's still free, but it has been for a long time, uh, it's just such an interesting site. <laughs> it's got so much interesting stuff in it. It has a great sense of humor in that site, and you can answer like a million questions in it, and that's sort of outside the profile itself. And it, it was just such a fun, cool site. It attracted a lot of interesting people. Uh, and so I would find people in there that I was interested in as a free site skill. So anyway, those are my three recommendations for North America. Match.com, Green Singles, the best one, and OkCupid is a fun one that also there would be some interesting people there. If you live in a big city, Conscious Singles, SpiritualSingles.com, um, they also work for you. All right. So anyway, that was uh, my recommendations for dating sites. And so we have a volunteer, Susan. Is it me? 
It is you. Hey, it's Susan. Yes, it is. Okay, great. Did you So you're going to be a volunteer. Did you have any questions or comments before we jump into tapping? Now that you're well, I just call. I do just want to uh, comment on the the dating sites, and I have had some similar experiences to you. A match, yes, because it has the best market penetration. I've never yeah. heard of Green Singles. I absolutely loathed eHarmony, and I'm not going to go into why, but I loathed them. Yeah. Um, and I've had you know some decent stuff with plenty of fish and okay, Cupid. Maybe I don't understand that website. It just <laughs> it's so, so unique. Weird. I have to say. It's a weird site, but it's fine. Weird site, but I'll, I'll take a look at it again. And I also found that many, many people are on all of them. Yeah, that's true. So, a lot of people so, join it. Like, I joined all three, so obviously anybody yep. who did the same thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, my favorite okay. far and away was Green Singles, which a lot of people don't know about. No, so I've never heard usually, of them. Yeah, usually when I recommend that one, people haven't heard of it. Yeah, yeah. So and it was my favorite. You know, okay. it was it was the best one. And OK Cuba just sucked me in. They were just so unique and interesting and funny and <laughs> <laughs> weird and all sorts of stuff. And, but but the quality was not as high as the paid sites. You know, the free sites just tend not to draw the same quality people as the paid sites. So, anyway, yeah, those are my recommendations. Okay, so moving on to the actual uh, tapping and the question and and the fear of um, doing it wrong again or just having the same bad experience. Um, yeah, I think even though I've done a lot of work and I'm feeling a, a lot more positive about all this and feeling like I've cleared some of that stuff. I mean it's that's that sneaky little worm is still in there. Yeah. That, <laughs> what can what can I say? I and in fact I was thinking on a uh a time when my father actually said to me, You have a tendency to choose losers and um, of course that was a very painful statement. Um yeah. And then now I realize, well, yeah, losers, I could relate to that word, but no, now I realize, of course, that I was choosing people who had the negative qualities of my parents. Right. But, uh, yeah, but that was just a very painful thing, and I, I probably still have some, yes, I still have some energy around him saying that and still some fear that in spite of all the change I've made, I'm just going to have another lousy experience. Yeah, like I said, I, I've run into that with most of my clients. Even though we just did a ton of healing, there's that there's this leftover fear. I, that's what I think of as an outdated fear. It doesn't fit our current realities based on just all of our past bad experiences. Yeah. And, and it's just very natural to have that outdated fear. So that's why we're tapping on it. Great. So what I'd like everybody else to do is to tune into that fear. Oh, wait a minute. Let's see. Sandra just said a bunch of stuff. Uh, okay, let me just respond to this. It said, uh, I had a question if time at the end, we'll do it now. What to do if you feel embarrassed to get on dating websites? I feel uncomfortable putting my picture on, t- talking about myself, and a general sense of dread in even doing this. Assuming I'm just not, assuming I'm just not ready, but when I am ready, I still have this feeling of shyness, privacy, and being exposed and out there that I do not like. So I'm going to give you two different answers to that question, Sandra. 
and you know, I guess I'm guessing that you're not the only one feeling that way. Dating sites are not for everybody, uh, and <laughs> even though I spent a couple hundred dates, I did not meet my wife that way, right? I met her dancing. Um, and so I'm not saying you should ever use a dating site. Now, I did read some sort of statistic, and I don't remember if it's true, or even if I remember the number correctly, because it was pretty startling. But I heard some statistic that 30% of marriages are now from uh, with people who met through dating sites. So, you know, the one advantage to using a dating site, and I did have some, I did meet some women that I got into relationships with. It's not that I didn't never panned out. Um, just not my partner and my wife. The one cool thing about a dating site, you know, is that it's a resource. You know, it's a way to meet people that you would not otherwise have an opportunity to meet. That's it's simply that. Sometimes uh this fear of putting yourself out there is not really about dating sites per se, but it's more about the just fear of exposing yourself. And that may be something you want to tap on, Sandra, or anybody else too. Even if you don't ever use a dating site, it's like, remember, Module 5 is about exactly that, being brave enough to expose yourself, to, or I should say to make yourself visible. <laughs> the word expose sounds, is kind of a scary-sounding word, but brave enough to make yourself really visible, because how else do you meet your soulmate? Right? The law of attraction is an active process. It's not a passive process. And I'm going to talk about that on the next call in detail. But we have to be willing to be visible. Otherwise, how can our soulmate find us? Right? And so that's why I was encouraging everybody to write a dating profile, even if you don't uh, feel that you're ever going to use a dating site, just to practice being visible, even if it's just to our group. Just even if it's just symbolically. Uh, so let's see. Sandra just added to that. Let's see. Uh, in my town, I think it is on, is the only way. I think it is the only way. I honestly do not feel I will even meet someone here unless I do go on the website. Oh, the only way to meet somebody. Yeah. Uh, I would challenge that belief. By the way, that's the only way. I I have a video on Love Talk, my Love Talk Q&A series, where I talk about my recommended ways to meet people. And I have dating sites as my third option. And I, I offer two other options. I live in a small town area myself. And I still met my wife, no problem. So check out that video as to other ways to meet your partner that do not involve dating sites. But in any case, um, uh, it is... Fear of exposure, and I believe I just do not feel good enough about my baggage yet and need to work through more of the modules. I do not feel like I want to be visible yet. Um, yeah, and that's okay. If you if you just really feel like I'm not, you know, I don't feel far enough along. I mean, I said, every, I sort of declared to everybody, consider yourself done with module one, even if you don't feel like you're ready. But if you feel like, you know what, Stefan, I'm really not ready to consider myself done with module one. I, I feel like, I just still have way too much, too far still to go on that to to consider it good enough healing. Then yeah, disagree, disregard what I said. Um, and I think you know there may be, uh, Sandra, you may you may be in that position. There may be another person or two in this in the group that feel that way. But the tendency for most people is to feel not done, even when they are pretty much done. So I I, I would encourage most of you, unless you feel strongly very strongly that you're not done, 
to consider yourself done, at least for now, for the remainder of this program, and just move on to the rest of the stuff, like I said at the beginning of the call. Um, and it's okay, Sandra, if you don't feel like you're ready to do that yet. That's fine, too. All right. So I'd like to, we don't have a ton of time to do a whole bunch of tapping, so I'd like to combine these two things, these two fears. So one of them is the outdated fear that I'm still going to have bad relationships even though I've done all this healing. And the other fear that uh, the idea of a healthy relationship feels new and unfamiliar and therefore kind of scary and unsafe. So I'd like everybody to take a moment and uh, tune into those fears for yourself. And rate those two fears on a scale of 0 to 10. Fear that I'll, in spite of all the work I've done, I'll, I'll have another bad partner like the ones I had before. 0 to 10. And then just this general fear of, God, I have no idea what a healthy relationship is like and just feel scary because it's new and different. So, Susan, what are they for you? What are the two numbers for you? Well, I was going to say eight on the fear. I'll just have another lousy one. But then I, I also relate to the other aspect. I'm not even sure I know what a healthy relationship looks like. And I that may be at a 10, so average of nine. No, you're not averaging them together. They're two separate fears. Okay, two separate fears. Then then 10. on Eight the, and 10? Yeah, okay. I, I feel like... Uh, not even knowing what a healthy relationship looks like, I feel like I have an intellectual um, of that, but emotionally, um, not so much. Yeah, no, I understand. Now, ironically, any of you who has any close friends, you already do know what a healthy relationship looks like. Okay. <laughs> right? Because yeah. if you have a good close friend, a healthy relationship is just like that plus sex. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. We, we we tend to think that a romantic relationships are some unique breed that's like like that's like nothing else, and it's not true. It's it's like our best. It's like our best friendship. You know, whoever's like your single best friend. You know, just take that person and change their gender and and have the hots for them, and that's your that's what your ideal partner would be like. Right. Okay. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's. Just, it's like your healthy relationship with your best platonic friend plus hotness. It's <laughs> really what it is. Well, okay. that makes that part a lot lower. Yeah, uh, sometimes just knowing that can drop the ten down to something else. But we're gonna we're gonna tap on that too. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna start with the first one and migrate to the second one. So everybody, tap on your cry chop points. And Sandra, join in, even though you're not feeling ready for this yet, because. If you do it now, you won't have to address this here later when you are ready, so that's fine. Um, so on your card chat point, even though I, and I'm going to use strong language, even though I am terrified. Even though I'm terrified. That I'll still have the same horrible relationship. That I'll still have the same horrible relationship. Like I had so many times before. Like I've had so many times before. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself anyway. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself anyway. Good. Even though I am convinced. Even though I am totally convinced. 
Right, that's good. That I'll have the same kind of terrible relationship. That I'll have the same kind of terrible, awful, sucky relationship. That I've had so many times in the past. That I've had so many times in the past. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. With kindness and compassion. With kindness and compassion. Good. Okay, now tapping all the points. I had so many painful, bad relationships. I've had so many painful, bad relationships. They're the only kind I know. They're the only kind I know. And yeah, yeah, I've done all sorts of healing. Yeah, 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 all sorts of healing, yeah. So what? So what? I am terrified that I'll have another bad one. I'm terrified I'll have another bad one. Those are the only kinds I've had so far. Those are the only kinds I've had so far. And doesn't the past predict the future? And doesn't the past predict the future? I had all those terrible, sucky, bad relationships. I had all those terrible, bad, sucky relationships. I'm terrified that's all I'll have in the future, too. And I'm terrified that that's all I'll have in the future, too. I'm so familiar with those relationships. So familiar with those relationships. All I've ever known. All I've ever known. That's all I ever did. All I ever did. Terrified that's all I will ever do. I'm terrified that that's all I'll ever do. I'm such a scary prospect. Such a scary prospect. Be so painful to, to go through that yet again. So painful to go through that yet again. Ah. Oh, oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you participate. <laughs> um, it just keeps me up at night. <sighs> keeps me awake at night. Has me trembling in my boots. Has me trembling in my boots. What a terrifying prospect. With terrifying prospects. So scary. So scary. I never want to repeat that again. I never want to repeat that again. But I'm afraid that I will. But I'm really afraid that I will. On the other hand. On the other hand. I actually have done a ton of healing work. I actually have done a ton of healing work. I've done so many healing sessions on my parents' negative traits. I've done so many healing sessions on my parents' negative traits. (laughs) In fact, I may have done more than I needed to. In fact, I may have done more than I needed to. Thanks a lot, Stefan. Sorry? Thanks a lot, Stefan. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Stefan. (laughs) What if I've already done good enough healing? What if I've already done good enough healing? So that I'm not attracted to those kind of people anymore. So that I am not attracted to those kind of people anymore. What if I've done good enough healing? What if I've done good enough healing? I've certainly done many sessions 
on my parents' negative traits? I've certainly done a whole lot of sessions on my parents' negative traits. What if I'm not attracted to them anymore? What if I'm not attracted to them anymore? Okay, now for those of you who have a reference person, I want you to just tune in to your reference person and notice your level of attraction, 0 to 10. Do you have a reference person, Susan? Yeah, my ex. Okay, perfect. And uh, zero, zero attraction to him anymore. You have zero zero attraction to him anymore? Yep. Okay. So for those of you with a reference person whose attraction, whose number is low or zero, you know, like three or less, that's good enough. So I want you to go, for all of you who have a reference person, go, I am no longer attracted to my reference person. I am no longer attracted to my reference person. And that is such a relief. And that is such a relief. And that is so reassuring. And it's so reassuring. If I'm no longer attracted to my reference person... I'm no longer attracted to my reference person... I'm not going to be attracted to someone like that person. I'm not going to be attracted to someone like that person. And that means those days are over. And that means those days are over. Hallelujah. Exactly. Those days are over. Those days are so really over. Now, for those of you who didn't have a reference person, um, count up in your mind how many sessions, healing sessions you've done on these negative traits. It doesn't have to be exact kind of an estimate. If you have done five five or more healing sessions on a given negative trait, that is very likely to be good enough. I want you to just think about it. Start with each negative trait. Have I done at least five healing sessions on that negative trait? Now, one-on-one sessions, I usually find three to be sufficient, by the way. But if you're doing it on your own with the, your partner, you know, Five is a pretty safe number, too. I know there are some extreme uh, exceptions to that, but in general, for most of you, that should be the truth. So if you've done five sessions on any, on any given negative trait, you are highly, highly, highly likely to not be attracted to a person with that negative trait anymore. So just notice that. I want you to all, for those of you who don't have a reference person, I want you all to repeat after me, and Susan do it anyway. I have done at least five sessions on this negative trait. I have done at least five sessions on this negative trait. Therefore, I am not attracted to those people anymore. Therefore, I am not attracted to those people anymore. Therefore, I am done with that negative trait in my life. Therefore, I am done with that negative trait in my life. And I don't have to deal with those people anymore. I do not have to deal with those people anymore. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! (laughs) I love it. Um, So now, everybody, I don't have to deal with those people anymore. 
don't have to deal with those people anymore. It doesn't matter how many of them I was with in the past. doesn't matter how many of them I was with in the past. Because I have done my healing work. Because I have done my healing work. And that healing work was powerful. And that healing work was powerful. And it will make all the difference. It will make all the difference. It does make all the difference. It does make all the difference. It has made all the difference. It has made all the difference. I am done with those people forever. I am done with those people forever. Thank God. Thank God. Thank the universe. Thank the universe. And most of all... And most of all... I thank myself. I thank myself. For deciding to do something about my love life. For deciding to do something about my love life. And doing this healing work. And doing this healing work. Because now I have given myself this great gift. Because now I have given myself this great gift. The gift of never having to deal with those assholes again. The gift of never having to deal with those assholes again. Thank you, self. Thank you, self. I feel really grateful. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful to myself to seek out and do this healing work. I'm so grateful for myself to seek out and do this healing work. But I'm done with those people forever. And I am done with those people forever. All right, so now check in your number. Everybody recheck their number about that particular fear of, you know, having yet another that bad kind of relationship. Probably a five. Five, so it went from an eight to a five. So what's still left about that for you? What's the objection that keeps it at a five? Uh, I think I have a part where I don't quite trust myself. In what way? That I won't be, um, that I just won't recognize those nasty traits. Okay, so you're afraid that you're going to miss the red flags. Yes. Okay, common fear. Okay, cry shot point for everybody. Even though I'm afraid that I'll continue to miss those red flags. Even though I'm afraid that I'll continue to miss those red flags. And find myself back there again. And find myself back there again. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. With kindness and understanding. With kindness and understanding. Okay, all the points. I missed those red flags so many times in the past. Missed those red flags so many times in the past. Sometimes I didn't see them at all. Sometimes I didn't see them at all. Sometimes I saw them and went forward anyway. Sometimes I saw them and just plain chose to ignore them and went (laughs) forward anyway. Right. (laughs) I'm afraid I'll keep doing that. I'm afraid I'll keep doing that. I'm so afraid that I'll keep doing that. So afraid that I'll keep doing that. I did it so many times before. Did it so many times before. 
I'm afraid I'll miss those signs again. Afraid I'll miss those signs again. I'll miss those clues. I'll miss those clues. I won't notice those negative behaviors. I won't notice those negative behaviors. But the truth is... But the truth is... It wasn't about noticing those those red flags. It wasn't about noticing those red flags. It wasn't about noticing those negative behaviors. It wasn't about noticing those negative behaviors. The truth is, I was powerfully attracted to that kind of person, period. Ah, the truth is, I was powerfully attracted to that kind of person, period. That's why I sometimes did notice the behaviors. That's why I sometimes did notice the behaviors. And went forward anyway. And went forward anyway. And other times I did not notice them. Other times I did not notice them. But subconsciously, that's what was attracting me. But subconsciously, that was what was attracting me. Now that I've done my healing... Now that I've done my healing... I am no longer subconsciously, subconsciously attracted to them anymore. I'm no longer subconsciously attracted to them anymore. So I don't need to spot the behaviors. I don't need to spot the behaviors. I don't need to catch the red flags. I don't need to catch the red flags. Because I will not be drawn to them to begin with. I will just not be drawn to them to begin with. So it's not about being more vigilant. It's not about being more vigilant. It's about not being attracted to them anymore. It's about not being attracted to them anymore. Oh gosh, I can relax. Exactly. It's not about yeah, it's not about being vigilant or, you know, trying to be on the lookout and, and notice every small detail. Not about noticing every small detail. Right. It's about not being attracted to them anymore. It's about not being attracted to them anymore. So, it just won't have to deal with it. I just won't have to deal with it. By the way, you don't have to repeat this. The way this works is exactly that. And you'll actually become more aware of people with the negative traits, but not from a, a... feeling tempted by them, but more like an aversion. Like, oh, seems to be one of those, yuck. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not, you won't be drawn to them. Yeah, it's, it's just absolutely nothing, not about, you know, noticing that, oh, it's one of those, I better not get involved with that person. It's like, you will literally not be attracted to them. You will literally uh, go some other direction. So it takes care of itself automatically. Yay. All right, everybody take a deep belly breath and recheck recheck your number now. Three. Three. Okay, way better. Eight to a three. Um, and what's the three about? Let's see if there's anything left to address. Um, I think it has to do with a fear of a little bit of, of neediness and just so wanting to have something that I settle. Oh, you're afraid that you'll settle? Yeah. Okay. So, cry point. Even though I'm afraid 
of being needy and settling. Even though I'm afraid of being needy and settling. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. And I value myself enough. And I value myself enough. To hold out for what I really want. To hold out for what I really want. Okay, so all the points. I'm afraid I'll settle. I'm afraid I'll settle. I've been longing for my soulmate for so long. Oh, I've been longing for my soulmate for so long. That I'm afraid that I'll just settle for somebody reasonable. (laughs) That I'm afraid that I'll just settle for somebody reasonable. Because reasonable is already so much better than what I had before. Because reasonable is so much better than what I had before. I'm afraid that I won't hold out for something great. But I'm afraid that I won't hold out for something great. That's my fear. That's my fear. That I'll just settle for something settle for something reasonably good. That I'll just settle for something reasonably good, and that sounds so boring, boring, boring. And the truth is, I will the, find that boring. The truth is I would find that boring. And I'll want something better. I want something better. So I may spend some time with somebody boringish. So I may spend some time with somebody boringish in in the early days. In the early days. But I will quickly get bored. But I will quickly get bored and want something better. And want something better. Because I care enough about myself. Because I care enough about myself. That I want something really good. That I want something really, 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 really good. Yeah, I want something great. I want something great. Not something okay. Not something okay. Not something pretty good. Not something pretty good. Some, I want something somewhere between really, really good and great. I want something somewhere between really, really, really good and great. Preferably great. Probably great. That's what I'm shooting for. That is what I'm shooting for. All right, so take another breath, everybody. And check again what your fear level is. Approaching zero. All right. Um, good. And so let's just do a quick tapping on the other fear, on your cry point. Even though... Uh, a healthy relationship feels new and unfamiliar. Even though a healthy relationship feels very new and very unfamiliar. And therefore scary and unsafe. And therefore scary and unsafe. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. I deeply and profoundly love and accept myself. With kindness and compassion. With kindness and compassion. All right, all the points. I've never had a healthy romantic relationship before. I've never had a healthy romantic relationship before. Therefore, that's so new and unfamiliar. Therefore, it is new and unfamiliar. And unfamiliar feels scary. That unfamiliar feels scary. And even unsafe. And even unsafe. That's an instinctual reaction. That's an instinctual reaction. The new and unfamiliar. 
new and unfamiliar. Served as well as as animals. It served as well as animals. So that we would be very cautious. That we'd be very cautious. When facing something new and unfamiliar. Facing something new and unfamiliar. But in this case... But in this case... A healthy relationship... A healthy relationship... Is new and unfamiliar... New and unfamiliar... In a good way. In a good way. It means that I would be with somebody... It means that I would be with somebody... Who does not have the negative traits of my parents does not have the negative traits of my parents. And yet have all the good stuff that I had from my past relationships. And yet have all the good stuff that I had from my past relationships. My past relationships were a mixed bag. My past relationships were a mixed bag. They did have good parts. did have good parts. Particularly in in the first phase. Particularly in the first phase. And then there were the really painful parts. And then there were the really painful parts. But what would those relationships have been like? What would those relationships have been like? If I didn't have the painful parts. If I didn't have the painful parts. They could have been really good. It could have been really good. Okay. So really what I have to look forward to. So really what I have to look forward to. Is a relationship with all the good parts I've ever had. It's a relationship with all the good parts I've ever had. And even more. And even more. Without the painful parts. Without the painful parts. That's really not all that new and different. And that's not all that new and different. Plus, I've had healthy platonic friendships. Plus, I've had healthy platonic friendships. So a healthy romantic relationship. So a healthy romantic relationship is just like that plus hot sex. Ooh, it's just like that plus hot sex. So again, it's not that new and different. It's not that new and different. I've had pieces of everything before. I've had pieces of every good thing before. Right. I just get to put them all together in one in one relationship. And now I just get to put them all together in one relationship. All right. Take a deep breath. What's your fear level now for, you know? Oh, maybe two. Maybe. Maybe a two? Okay, good. Yeah. And what's the two about? Um, actually, maybe it's not even a two. Maybe it's a one. I, yeah. No, there's there's not a whole lot of charge around it at all. Like maybe I'm just afraid to say zero. <laughs> yeah, sometimes people like that. It's like it feels weird to say zero. It can't be that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So good. So we we brought both of those fears down um, very much for you and hopefully for everybody else as well. Yeah. And that's a really good analogy, Stefan. I really like. Oh yeah, I have had great relationships, you know, with girlfriends. So okay, it's just that same thing, but. With a guy and adding this wonderful sex. Exactly. That's what a healthy healthy relationship is like. Is you know, you pick your very best girlfriend and you know, and a relationship just like that, plus, you know <laughs> nice good sex on top of it. So yeah. So yeah, she's not really so new and different. Not so 
no different at all. So anyway, for those of you who have not put a, written a dating site, I really encourage you to do it. And, and Sandra, you too, just within the groups, not that you'll necessarily ever use a dating site. I understand you're not ready to date yet or anything like that. But just as an exercise to help face our fears of being visible. So create a first draft. I, I know some people have already done that in the group, and which is wonderful, and people have been writing really cool things. And I would like everybody to also do that. And, you know, so you might eventually use what you wrote in, in a dating site, but that's not really the point of it. The point is to practice being visible, particularly yourself. But also, anything that you think is unusual in what you're wanting in a partner, make sure to include them in your description of who you're looking for, right? So the first part is who I am, and the second part is who I'm looking for. And really try and describe it boldly, particularly parts of you that are unusual, because those are the parts your soulmate are going to be drawn to, and, and things that you're looking for. The things you're afraid to put in are the ones that are most important to put in. So notice what you're afraid to say, and all the people have already posted their profiles. Notice if there's anything that you're afraid to include and add those and edit them and kind of change the top of it to say, I just, I just edited it, <laughs> and I added it. And you might even put in capital letters the parts you just added that you were originally afraid to put in there so people know, so it stands out for people to go, oh, that's the part she or he was afraid to include. And then we can be supportive and go, that was a great part. And, you know, it's so good that you now added that. So just practice this. And you can tap as you're doing it, right? But practice being visible. That's the point. All right, so I'm going to uh, unmute everybody. So I can say goodbye for now until next week. Goodbye. Until next week. Bye, everybody. Okay.